0: Today's conversation is with Josh Trent, host of the Wellness and Wisdom podcast, formerly known as Wellness Force, with over 7 million downloads. And in order to support this podcast, we have one sponsor, and it's ad-free throughout because of this sponsor, and it's my book, 10 Secrets of Awakening, The Secrets to Understanding Consciousness, Life Transformation, and Self-Realization. If you're interested in these topics, you might want to check out the book. I think you'll really enjoy it with over 155 star reviews on Amazon. And without further ado, let's get into it. Why don't we start off with what you literally said as you're walking in about um, the universe being a game and you were talking about the logos.
1: Yes, in the Greek mythology, there's a religious text and there's this understanding that I think we have, well, some of us have, where we forget where we come from as actually a construct and the primary rule of the game. So if we, in other words, if we knew that we came here temporarily and that we were God guiding itself, and getting to know each other through this unique experience of consciousness as Nick, as Josh, then we wouldn't play the game as authentically. We we wouldn't be as truthful in the game. So I think that's really where we are. I think we forget on purpose as part of the game, and that's why we're here. And so we just remember how amazing things are. And we remember how love feels. We remember how life feels. We remember how we feel when we care about each other. Uh, And I think that's a big part of parenthood as well. And just being a a sovereign being and, and mm-hmm. being in control of one's, I guess you could say state or being in control of one's destiny, obviously married with the will of God as well. Yeah. It's a big game, dude.
0: We talk, How many times on this, uh, on this podcast have we talked about that? My friends, every episode, we hit that, the game. I either asked the question, what do you see reality as a game or what are the game aspects? And I think that was the start of it, you know? Yeah. Because I used to play a lot of video games growing up. That
1: was my thing. Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, sixty four. Yeah, Mario Kart. That's what I
0: started. Mario Kart. The Mario I
1: always, I would always go with Toad. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: All right. I was Luigi.
1: Oh, Oh, Luigi's good. Yeah. I never understood why people did Koopa. I'm like, he slides out on all the turns. The weirdos. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man. So with you, dude, you're an interesting guy. You really are because. The, the thing about you is I, I see you've got a broad spectrum of things that you talk about. And I've done, I think we're probably like in the 55th episode of Universal Game. And I haven't really felt like I had someone on that really knew health mm. and wellness. Now, I don't think that's the only thing we're going to talk about. But you, I'm sure you have some wisdom after however many podcasts. you've How, what, how many podcasts have you recorded? It's
1: pretty much 600. Okay. Yeah.
0: So in that timeframe, just off the top of your head, it doesn't have to be that serious. What are some things that you really picked up about health that you feel like a lot of people are missing out on?
1: Well, the, what I teach and what I've been integrating in my own life is this model called the wellness pentagon. And so you start with the floor of physical, you build a wall of mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial. And so we live in a body. This is a meat suit. We live in a world. It's a construct that's created by a a shared reality that we all agree upon. Same thing with money. So if all this stuff is energy, then there's core components of how we live that allow us to actually live well. And I think that's what that Pentagon is. It's really understanding how do I nourish all the sides of that Pentagon, those five things I talked about, because that's actually to the degree that we fill those is the degree that we live happy and we live fulfilled. And we have to actually look at health, you know, if I could drop a little piece of wisdom in my pocket um, when I was a personal trainer. My first year of personal training was 2003, 2004. So a lot of people don't know this about me, but I was a personal trainer for 10 years. So I had like 10,000 hours plus with clients on a gym floor, like learning how to connect, learning how to teach, learning. And honestly, Nick, learning how to podcast, because when I was training clients, Physical fitness is hard. You're sweating, you're grunting. It's, it's very challenging. And so I had to really learn the art of conversation to keep the training sessions going.
2: Yeah.
3: So I
1: was just, I was thinking about that a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, that's, that's where I learned how to podcast as being a trainer. But back to your question, like if we're filling all five of those pieces, then what blocks us from filling those? It's either resourcefulness or beliefs. So if I have a belief that I'm not worthy or if I have a belief that money is evil or if I have a belief that working out is too hard, that is the core. You want to talk about the game. The game is that we're imprinted from either our parents, our grandparents or our great great. And we get imprinted with these beliefs and they happen on an epigenetic level. So we actually get emotional epigenetics and physical epigenetics that get expressed through our behavior and and the people that we choose to be around. So if I have beliefs, I'm going to choose people that have my similar beliefs. That's what we call vibes.
2: When
1: somebody has vibes, it just means like, oh, y'all believe what I believe. So that's what I would say like to start the conversation of health or wellness is like, let's look at those five things. Let's really unpack my resourcefulness and my beliefs to embody those five things. And each of those five deserves a conversation. But it really starting with those two aspects of the Pentagon.
0: Yeah, very nice. We actually have a lot of the same background. I went, to, I went to school for, originally, business management, but then I was like, nah, this ain't it, chief. Did that for two years. Yeah. And, you know, I just did that because my brother went to school. He went to Michigan State. Oh. And, um, Wolverines. Michigan State. Spartans. Oh, Spartans. Get it right. Wow. That's a big deal. I would get
1: murdered right now in Michigan <laughs> yes, if would. I said that.
0: You would. But, uh, yeah, so he went to Michigan State, and, you know, I grew up in the thumb of Michigan. You look at Michigan, it's got the thumb. Mm. That's where I went to high school and, you know, he, he moved to Lansing, which is capital. And I just kind of followed him and I went to community college and I was just like, I'll go do something. Then I switched to kinesiology and study human body, yeah. right? Human movement, technically I think it is. And I went down that rabbit hole myself first and getting your health right. You know, I, before I knew about like the steroided out business, of bodybuilding yeah. for, for a while there, I was like, this is, I want to, I want to do that path. But then I, I realized that most of the people that were doing it at a high level were enhancing themselves in some way. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, this ain't for me. I want something that's authentic. And it really didn't feel like it was. And, you know, then other things happened. Then I started to realize what the world's all about, really the negative parts of it. And then I kind of came around to the positive part of it. So for you, would you say that it was physical first too? Um, when Because you, yeah. you're talking about you know, you, the different levels of health. Right?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. So. The, ba- the floor on, on which we sit or stand is physical. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at most people when they're older, most of the wisdom that they share is, wow, I really wish what I know now I could have given myself when I was younger when it comes to my physical health, my immune system, my brain, my telomeres, all the things that are not paid attention to When you're in your 30s and 40s and 50s they come home to roost when you're in your 60s 70s and 80s so i think that's a really big thing to to notice is like yeah you know when you're 20 and 30 it's cool quote quote to have like shredded six pack and tan and and, you know fitness industry is rife with people that have body dysmorphia and eating eating disorders. yeah, And the reason is, is because they're sacrificing a lot of their longevity, actually. I wonder if there's been like a meta-analysis or a study of people that in the game, in their 20s and 30s, pushed the gas pedal so hard and sacrificed and just destroyed their physicality to quote, look good. I wonder if there's a meta-study that could show the longevity, how the longevity declines for those people. I would, I would assume that it would very much decline, because anytime that I'm getting a short-term payoff for my longevity, it's going to decrease my longevity, like for sure. So yeah, for me, it was the physical, and I used to be 280-ish pounds.: I was: I beat uh, you by about I was 3:15. Wow,
0: well, <laughs> yeah, so we were both
1: really big. Yeah, but I'm six foot. I think you're six, two, six, three.
0: Mm-hmm. Six, three, six,
1: four.: Okay, six, Depen- three. depending. Excuse me. Every inch counts. Every inch counts. But yeah, so for me it was the physical because um, my journey was more of an emotional journey. Like, yes, it was about getting the physical to a space that I felt good in, but it was because the physical is always going to manifest what is going on with the emotional, mental or spiritual. every single time. There's no way around it. The only way that we can have our physicality look and feel vital is if inside of us, we feel vital. That's it. So the body is a subconscious mind. I'm sure you've heard many, many of our masters, ancient and contemporary, describe the body as the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So whatever's going on with my body, if I have acne, if I have um, psoriasis, if I have any kind of autoimmune, if I have extra weight, like that just means that there is a spiritual call for us to dive into whatever is manifesting physically. Like that's the core of it all. And I think I wish that I could plant that seed in my pocket in the beginning of my health and fitness journey, but also maybe not because that was part of the game where I had to go through it, look back now in perfect timing and say, ah, that's why I focused on the wrong thing so that I could understand the contrast of what the wrong thing felt like. Now that I know the thing that's right, and when I say right and wrong, I just mean, right leading us to more vitality, more peace, more, more harmonious, whole, more wholeness. Yeah. That's that's really actually the right and wrong. I don't know if there is actually a right and wrong in the world, but I think right and wrong in regards to a goal is real.
0: So that's interesting. So when we're talking about the different paradigms of health, I think it's also realizing that they're all connected, kind of like what you're saying. And I think we all need to kind of go through that because I think that develops wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, once you've went through and you realize that's not going to work because You know what I realized? There's a lot of people online. Tell me what you think about this. But there's a lot of people online that tell people not to do things. And it just kind of like feels to me as though it doesn't work most of the time. And that really, and I see this because I've watched so many people through the years. Like, it's almost as though we need to go through it. Kind of like Mm -hmm. the archetypical, when we were kids, our parents wouldn't tell us to go out or to do things or. And yet we still did them and we wouldn't learn until we actually went through it. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the times I feel like I want to call out certain things, even in the spiritual community, because I'm a part of that with a lot of the spiritual stuff I talk about. Do you? Do I what? Do you call it out? I don't. And I'm getting to, I'm telling you, that's That's the point. Yeah, I do sometimes, Uh Um, but I feel like, when I look at my own experience, I wouldn't have listened to someone calling the person out. I would, I probably would have just went through and actually experienced it. And then I actually gained the wisdom from it. Like, uh, for one, here's an example for you. I see a lot of people talking about starseeds and I just, for me, when I see that concept, I think it actually takes us away from here and now because we get lost. The starseed is that we came from a different planet.
3: Yeah. You know,
0: we have this, other life that we live beforehand. I think a lot of times people kind of get lost in what could be. And then it starts to get into this game where you don't know whether you're making it up or whether it's an actual experience. And then it becomes this dichotomy between the people who are, I feel like have went through it, will be able to discern whether it's like an actual visceral experience. Maybe they're remembering. But I think there's a lot of people that just find it to be cool and edgy to Not be from here because it sucks.
1: (laughs) I have a unique viewpoint on what you just shared. Sure. And the unique viewpoint is this. I really feel like it's so easy for us to get caught up in story and mythology as a way for us to exit our own growth here in the 3D. And the reason I'm saying that is because in the spiritual, quote, quote, world. Right. Where, you know, you and I operate, we talk about spirituality a lot on wellness and wisdom. Like it's, it's a core aspect of our wellness. So it's super important for us to have a a connection to spirit, a connection to God and an understanding of what spirituality truly is on a visceral experiential level. But what I find is, um, cause you're, you're like late twenties, early Mm thirties. Okay. So you're coming into like, you know, 33 was when Jesus died. So you're coming into this really cool realm right now where you're about to go through a gauntlet of spiritual experience. So buckle up.
0: (laughs) I feel and like I already have been, but probably I can't even been. I can't even imagine
1: you have been, and especially with you know your show and what you're doing in the world, like maybe you're actually a little bit further along than people that are just starting out, that just got out of college, that have had you know anger at God or no spirituality or no concept of spirit at all, and I think just like any you know if you look at the apex predator in nature, the apex predator lures away the weak so it can eat them, and that is exactly what happens in spirituality. We have apex predators in the spiritual game. And this isn't about calling anyone out because I don't think that by me, we were talking about calling people out. I don't think it's important to call out people by name and say, this spiritual leader is full of shit. Or not, all that yeah. does is just give that person attention, right? And mm-hmm. then energy goes where my attention is. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the universal laws of life, of the game. Wherever I'm putting my attention, that's where energy is going to flow right there. So if I'm putting my energy being against someone, that's actually really energetically draining to me compared to if I'm being for something. So the reason I'm saying about the apex predator is we have to paint a picture of what's really going on, not just in spirituality, but in every single one of those five sides of wellness. What's happening is we have apex predators who are very, very good at marketing. They're very, very good at articulation. They're very, very good at getting people and enrolling people in their vision and so people that are just essentially at their at their stage of development they're a little more weak than they would be later on in life and i say this because that was me as well it's probably been all of us at times where we've believed someone because they enrolled us in a vision that wasn't ours but we actually in perfect timing had to be enrolled in that vision so that we could learn that it wasn't ours but there can be some things that happen that are really deleterious in the spiritual community because spirit is something that cannot be understood unless you have that somatic visceral experience and experience takes time you can't shortcut spirituality you can't put spirituality in a book or a box and get it on a weekend you can get these fleeting moments of spirit fleeting moments of what created us and and connection with the creator but you can't do it in a hurry and so anybody that is out there in the spiritual world that is commoditizing God or commoditizing spirituality, they deserve to be called out in a loving way. And I don't think by name, but I think by example. And I think it is important for us to talk about gender dysphoria, to talk about the CCP, to talk about Hollywood, talk about all these things, not to focus on it, but just to say, hey, here's the rules of the game. Here's all the spaces on Monopoly. If you land on the go to jail, you're gonna go to jail. You might wanna know that go to jail exists. (laughs) You might wanna know that that's part of the game for us to say, oh, there's no evil in the world. It's all good brothers and sisters. There's nothing but love here, good vibes only. It's a crock of shit. And it's actually an apex predator strategy to get people and allure them into enrolling them in their vision that is more self-serving for that leader or that influencer. In other words, we have to know the spaces of the game. We all have to know where they are so that we can not be eaten by the apex predator. And that's in all five sides of wellness. Yeah. Well, there's a lot there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So when you say evil, and when you say
0: God, I'm interested in this concept. This is a, just a, as a researcher, this is something that I think it's important to ponder just the concept of what God could be, what it might be. What can we even begin to understand God? Do you think, can we say what God is and can we say what God isn't? Or do you think it's something that we can't really even
1: we're going there? Huh? Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right.
0: Because when you said God, I was just curious as to what for you, what it's, what it is.
1: My journey with God came from a place of, disconnecting from God and being angry at God for quite a long time. So my mom was manic bipolar when I was growing up. My dad left home when I was two months old. And so I had a lot of anger and resentment towards life itself. Mm -hmm. And so with that construct that I chose, that I know I chose, because that's an empowering thought, that's an empowering thing. Otherwise, I'm just a victim of my life. We can talk about that later, like the thoughts that we choose and how that relates to the universe and the game but yeah, man, I, I really had a lot of anger at God for the first 20, almost 30 years of my life. And it wasn't until about 32, 33 that I got cracked wide open by plant medicine that I experienced a feeling and an essence of God, but I didn't know God yet. I just had like a teaser of what God really was. And then since then, in the past 10 years, I've learned from some of the most incredible people in the world spiritual teachers, emotional intelligence teachers, like, you know, people like Dr. John Gray and Paul Check and John Wineland, and just like name it. The, the most amazing teachers in the world that really are, are educating all of us men and women about, all right, well, what does it mean to be a soul? What does it mean to be here on earth? What is all of this? And how do we plug in mystery to the whole equation so that we can just make sense of it all and just have a good game and enjoy ourselves? Right, And yeah. I think where God comes in on this is God is everything and no thing at the exact same time. And so I'll come at it from the other side. If I was an atheist and I believed that there was no God, my logic to believe that there was no God, my logic would be prove to me there's a God and I'll believe it. And of course, we don't have any proof. But what's interesting is it's a flawed premise because anybody that's an atheist that says, I have a a logical way of thinking about religion or thinking about spirituality or thinking about God, where the only way that I'll believe it is if you show me proof, my question to them is, well, show me that there's not. Show me that there's not a God and they can't. So we're both right and we're both wrong. We're both everything and no thing at the same time. It's both true and false at the same time. This is why yin yang exists. This is why the snake eats its tail is because none of us can ever prove it except for how we feel and what we believe. I have had experiences and I think if you ever want to have children, you'll have this experience. Do you ever want to have kids at some point?
0: As of right now, that's not in the cards right, for well, me, but if it is, right? It might, you know, who knows. If it is. Okay. If
1: and when you ever hold your son or your daughter in your arms. I saw my brother had a just had a baby
0: and it was very much like that.
1: Okay. You like just last you year. will feel God. You will feel God that science will try to explain by the catecholamines, the dopamine, the serotonin that's rushing in your system. You, you cannot put science into a sentence with God and expect them to be equal. It's, it's not reality. We try to conceptualize and articulate what God is. Even me sitting here, With with everything that I know and everything that I've learned and and me sharing the wisdom with you, where I experience God as no thing and everything at the same time, that's still just me articulating what I believe to be true based on my own experiences. But this is the key, Nick. It's from my experience. What I believe about atheism isn't that I should ever judge atheism because I think it's part of the path. But I think the flawed premise in atheism is that the, the way in which they make their decisions about their beliefs is actually completely unfounded, just like mine. I believe there is a God because I have experiences and that's the only thing I've found that really matters is through my own life experience. So God is nothing and everything at the same time. Well, then what's the point? Why do kids in school buses topple over? Why do planes crash? Why do these terrible, terrible, terrible things happen in this world? I think it's because that's the only way that God knows itself. God knows itself when it experiences the most heinous things. God knows itself when I hold my son Nova in my arms. God knows itself when we make love to our partners. Like God knows itself in an unlimited amount of ways. You remember in Matrix 2, when he goes to the orchestrator, the, what was the guy in the, dressed in all in white where there's all the TVs? Architect, the architect. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And the architect is sitting there and he's like, you've been here an uncountable times before. Look at all these TVs. And in all the TVs, Neo's face was in like an uncountable amount of TVs. And on every TV, there was a different story playing out. That'll really bake your noodle if you think about that. Because maybe you and I are sitting here, but in another timeline, we're sitting here and I have pink hair. Or you're sitting here and your jacket is red. Or we don't know. And the whole thing I'll wrap this up with is if we really want to understand God, we have to be willing to go through the will of God and also our own free will. I don't think that everything is perfectly ordained. I think that there is destiny, but I also think there is free will. Like we're in the current, but we also hold the paddle. And I think we have to have both of those. There's, there's a beautiful, harmonious, crazy, insane, loving, evil thing that happens in this world. And, I think it's God. I think you and I are God. I think we're made in the image of God. I don't think that God is a a bearded dude in the in the clouds. But I, I do think that God is this, God is love. You know, God is a loving presence in all of our lives that we either create connection to or separation from. And whatever choice we make for that, there's no judgment on either side because fuck it's all just part of the journey. We're just learning how to play the game. We it is a lot easier, in my opinion, if we do have a connection with God because it takes away the pressure of us having to be right of us having to be perfect of us having to have it all be all figured out. You know, God makes these things easier for us. And when challenges come, if we can lean into God, if we can give our pain to God, then life becomes a better game. We can play the game better.
0: More effectively, yes. more effectively. Yeah. For what, what we want to do with it, really. No doubt. I think that's what it comes down to. What, yeah, do, you man. Want, what, do, you, what do you want? What do you want out of this game?
1: <laughs> what do you want? Here, here's, <laughs> what, here's the cards in the game. <laughs> you, you have these cards, are you gonna be angry at these cards? And if you are, that's fine. That's part of the process. Or are you gonna like look across to your teammate and be like, hey, can I trade you this card for that? Can you enjoy it? Can we enjoy the game more by like, not being so angry at the cards we were dealt? And that's real and I have compassion too cuz man I was so angry for so long. Oh my gosh. I was angry for so long. Yeah. And you know I look back on that version of myself and I'm like wow he really needed love. He really needed someone to step in and be like come here it's a game. I got you. I got you little Josh. It's a game. This is all a game. So I really love the 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 space of this podcast, you know, the universe, the game cuz it is. And we forget. We forget man on purpose. Even the, even this fly that's flying
0: what around. What <laughs> the hell is going on here? Come on, bro. fly. I haven't seen a fly in here. We're at an Airbnb in Austin, Texas. Just uh, if you're wondering where we're at. We're here for a little bit longer. And we're going to Roswell. To, to Our next in-person podcast is with some ETs. We'll be there. Ooh, I hope you actually <laughs> can you
1: imagine bring an alien on.
0: Can you imagine if you did? What?
1: You yeah, brought an alien on. I could imagine it. Um... I don't know, this whole alien thing. I feel like, yes, if God is everything and nothing, there has to be other life. There has to be. Because that would be God knowing itself through that construct, through that little game character.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And also, what if we're just like a tiny marble and there's an unlimited amount of marbles with an uncountable amount of galaxies that we just don't have the technology or the understanding on how to reach it. And there's just, it's cool because you and I can sit here and, and philosophize. No. We have to leave room for mystery at the table. Mystery is also part of the game.
0: Yeah, we're never gonna know infinity.
1: No. No. Okay, how I, could you?
0: That's how I would describe Yeah, to me. That's how I describe God. You know, God is an interesting one for me. I was raised, my dad was Catholic. My mom was non-denominational. Yeah. Went to church. Growing up, I went to Wednesday night too. So I was in it. Yeah. And so, you know, after all the research I've done, all the people I've talked to and everything,
3: it seems as though, I think
0: Taoism kind of nailed it. I think Taoism has the clearest description. Yeah. Um, When they say that basically there is, everything is the Tao, but the Tao is formless and cannot be named. And when you name the Dao, that's not actually the Dao. I mean, that's not an actual verse. I mean, it's close. I'm paraphrasing. Yes, yes. And so I think we can understand, to me, it's like there's this formless potential in that the bodies themselves are what allow us to experience God. So I see God almost as space, but space is within the bodies as well. It's just held within them. These are just the containers. Like you said, meat suit. You just see these as the containers for the space, but the space itself at its core, you could say, you call it love, it's, it's this feeling. And I think it's this feeling that you, like you said, you can only really, you can't describe it with words. Yeah. And I actually kind of want to go back to this thought that we had earlier. I remember you said that if people are saying that, okay, if people are saying that if you're evil, Right. We've, for how many thousands of years have we had evil in the world? Yes. Many thousands of years. And so, if we're talking about God is love, right? Yeah. But where there's also evil, how do you reconcile that? I feel like that's one of the sure. things that at the beginning of the hero's journey, we all have to at least attempt to really dive into. And what is that?
1: What a great question. I have the answer. Isaiah 45, seven from the King James version. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord do all these things. I'm not a religious man, but right there we're being told that God is love. God is hate. God is dark. God is light. And whether you believe that this, that the Bible was changed, by the mind of men over the last 2,000 years, it may have been, but still, at the core of that reading, at the core of that word, you know, in the beginning, there was the word, right? There was the primordial sound. So, if you look back in the most ancient text, as far back as recorded in human history, as deep as we can go, in the beginning, there was word, there was sound, some type of a primordial sound. Well, what is that sound? That sound is created by what? That sound is created by a creator. So we don't exactly know who or what that creator is, but we know that there's a creator, otherwise nothing would ever have been created. So in your question is the answer. If God, Lord, whatever construct you want to use to describe it, if the creator is saying through text that in the beginning there was the word, And the word also says, I create love, I create evil. Then that is us being told that we are all of those things through the channel of God. And so what a beautiful thing that is, because we can either choose to be in communion with that mystery, or we can choose to reject that mystery. And that's why God gave us free will. Because if I have free will, then I have agency over the the path and the course of my life. If everything, if we were in a video game and we actually didn't have the controller and we weren't able to control our character, that'd be a pretty fucking boring game. <laughs> that, that would be really boring. Though so God in God's infinite wisdom gave us a controller, gave us a body, gave us thoughts, gave us you know a voice box where we can be the word, but we also have to honor. And look, this may not be perfect what I read. None of these things that I'm saying may be perfect, but at the core of all of them, they are created by me. I was created by something and that something was created by something. My grandpa told me something once, um, his birthday just was a while ago in August and he's been gone for like 20 years. And I still remember this incredibly loving piece of wisdom he gave me. He stopped me in the hallway once, I think I was like 13. And he goes, Josh, are you going to church? And I was like, no, nah, grandpa, I don't like church. They're weird. They like." Speak in tongues and they go like this with their hands. He was like, I'm like, I don't trust it. And he's like, Well, do you believe in God? I was like, I don't know. And he's like, Listen, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you something that man has a mind. And in that mind of man, there always has to be a beginning, a middle, and an end. But what if I shared with you, Josh, there's no such thing as a beginning, there's no such thing as a middle, and there's no such thing as an end? He was like, That's God. I mean, talk about a bomb drop wisdom. At 13, there's no way my little consciousness could have held that. But he was in his 70s at the time and he was giving me this insane wisdom that now in my 40s, I can speak about, I can feel. It almost makes me want to cry just talking about it. It's so beautiful. In the mind of man, my grandpa said, that we always think there has to be a beginning, a middle and an end. But what if that actually isn't true? What if that's not the game? What if the game means that we were brought into this game with a mind that thinks there's a start, that thinks there's a middle and thinks there's an end. But what if the game actually has no beginning, no end, and no middle? What if the game is truly infinity and the mystery of where that infinity creates from is actually part of the game too? In other words, we don't know. And the more at peace with the we don't know we can be, the more, the more I and we can be at peace with the we don't know of why our partner acts a certain way, or we don't know why this happens or why pain happens or all these things. It's God knowing God's self.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: As we think about God, you know what comes to mind is the Buddha. Actually yeah. something, something different. Um, with him, I remember I read early on when I was studying, because I began my studies with, I picked up the book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life by Wayne Dyer, where he goes through the Tao and Taoism, Taoism. And then I started to get into Buddhism and Hinduism. And then I started to understand many different cultures. And
1: Did you start to see how they overlapped and yes. how some of the core teachings were shared? Isn't, yes. isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Because when you're saying, what you're saying about God in Hinduism, a lot of times they'll call it the Brahman. And the Brahman is the everything. you said God is everything and everyone. And in Hinduism, that's everything is at its core Brahman. Brahman is like, give me your, let me share your thing. Um, it, this, I, when you showed me this, when you got here, this is actually what the, uh, a lot of times a depiction of the Brahman is. Let me see if I can. Oh, yeah, you can see that. You can see that. You see how there's three faces there? Well, that's literally, if you look up Brahman right now, you'll find a depiction of a god that has many faces. Mm. And so, oh, real quick. Yeah. This is his podcast, Wellness and Wisdom. Well, yeah. check it out. I mean, 600 episodes, there's plenty. If you've got something you're interested in, it's probably <laughs> going to be over there on these topics. Um, but Brahman, it's like everything is just different faces of that. And if you could say God is infinite, then he's going to have an infinite amount of faces. Yeah. And so that's the exploration, but it's everything has that. Everything is that at its core. You know, I did the last podcast I did with Todd Newman and he asked me like, what are some of the, what are the top three things in your book that you share? And I said, one of those things was that everything is you but everything is also not you at the same time, because that's one thing that I was also thinking about when you said earlier, the paradoxes of the spiritual reality, Mm -hmm. that two things can simultaneously be true at the same time. And it's just different pathways. Like Buddhism is negation. You know, they're negating. You are not this, not that, not this, not that until you realize at the end, they call it self-realization. Then we call it different things, different cultures, enlightenment, this concept. But they don't really want to come out and tell you what that is at the end because you can't describe it. Yeah. And I think that's because you kind of realize that I might not be anything that's in the game, but I'm at the same time at the core of the game itself. Yeah. And that's why I think space is a great analogy for it because space is within everything. We know everything has mostly, everything is mostly space and a little bit of it is energy or not energy, but at what we consider to be physical. And so, if that's true, maybe that. And I also heard this interesting concept that God is water, mm. and then that would be why. If you think if God is water, then God is then pretty much everything. Not it, and that well, of just course, kind of blew my God mind. is
1: water because God is everything, right? And no thing. Water can be formless, so you can it can you put water in a cup, it it, it changes it fills the cup, right. Changes itself to its environment. You know, one of the most beautiful, I love that you brought up the Dao. I haven't studied it maybe is I'm not a researcher. Yeah. I'm more of like a researcher so I can at least have a conversation and learn more. So I learn through conversation, the majority wise, rather than yeah. reading. Now mm-hmm. reading is important too, but what I love about the Dao and my brother gave me the Dao de Ching uh, for my birthday one year. Oh, nice. And one of the most powerful things I ever heard is. Um, the great Tao loves and nourishes all things, but it does not lord it over them. Lordeth, yeah. So it does not, does not lord over you like, hey, I'm the Tao, I'm the amazing. <laughs> you have to do what I say. I, I love you, but there's an expectation from me. That's not the Tao. That's not God. So if I, if I send my woman flowers and I demand that she drops to her knees and thanks me, well, that kind of kills the, come from. (laughs) That kind of kills the God or the Tao through me because really the best thing that I could ever do is I could be love. I could be the Tao, but I'm not going to lord it over myself or anyone else. And that is the, you want to talk about ultimate spiritual quest, live that part of the Tao's wisdom, live that part of the Tao Te Ching in your life every day and see how you can play that game. That is the ultimate construct. That is the ultimate game would be to love other people and not to lord it over them and not to have an expectation in return. That is a lifetime of work to to do that.
0: And it might not be easy.
1: No. But it's possible. It's possible.
0: Yes. What I always like to say, it's like a lot of times we strive for these, for me, I'm striving for achieving what I feel like is a state of being where I feel harmonious with others, but it's not always there. You know, there are things that I let get in the way. And a lot of times that's within my own mind. You know, my own mind is a lot of the times what stops me from really, whether that's a physical action or a state of being. So when I think about healing, I'd love to hear your perspective on healing too. I think it's actually just exposing what it is that's stopping you from feeling how innately you would feel if you were free of these perspectives that you've gathered through your life. Like you said at the beginning. I love that. They've called that storehouse consciousness in Eastern philosophy. In Buddhism, I think that's what they called it. But we call it subconscious mind. It's the same thing. That we've picked that up through our brains. Basically, if our brains, I'm sure you know this. You've probably had people on your podcast that have talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, your brains are basically recorders until you get to a certain age and then they start to output. You're just taking in information and you have no way to analyze it. So then we pick that up. And then to me, it's about rem- just removing that. You know, there's nothing wrong with us. There's there's just a journey that, as Joseph Campbell would say, there's a journey that you must take to get out of the ordinary world of what we think society is or uh, the things that most people might focus on. This is what I think To go back to the matrix concept, this is the matrix. Yeah. And so when we exit that matrix, it's like we've just got to see what we're holding on to. And then when we let that go, then I feel like we can play the game how we really want to play it. But we don't even realize that we're playing the game how someone else wants us to play the game.
1: I feel exactly what you're saying. The, The tighter that I hold on to something, the less than I can heal the pain of me holding on to it. So if I'm gripping something like... An identity or a belief that says, well, because this person hurt me or because I was in a car accident or because I lost a child or because I lost a limb or because I was molested, I mean, fill in the blank. There's an endless barrage of things that are harmful and that hurt. And so what our nervous system tries to do is it tries to make sense of it all. And the brain only has two real jobs. It's to give and receive information and to keep us safe. That's all it really does. Now, obviously, giving and receiving information is a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot there that it actually does. But simplistically, it gives and receives info and it keeps us safe. I mean, what else is the brain really doing? So it's a very ancient structure in our meat suit. And so the brain is actually, its job is to be in communion with our soul and with our heart. If the brain is at war with our soul or heart, we're going to have a really challenging life. And to the degree that I can have those three aspects of myself, of my beingness in harmony and communion, then then I'm going to enjoy the game. I'm going to have fun, more fun with the game. And so I have myself just like you, just like all of us, I have dealt with many, many circumstances in my life where I forget that. I forget what I just told you and I'll probably forget again because that's part of the game. But I will say that that if you look at people that play the game really well, and it's been the question that I've wanted to answer since 2015, man, since I started the podcast, I'm like, how do I live my life well? AKA, how do I play the game well? How do I do this thing well? And And I sought wisdom from people that were further along the path than me. And I would ask them and I would watch them. I would actually watch them more than I would ask them. And I would ask myself, if I'm going to receive information about healing specifically, because that's, that's what we're talking about is healing. That's at the, the core of your question. If I'm going to get advice on how to heal myself, am I getting advice from someone who has healed that aspect of themselves in order to give me the wisdom of my own healing? That's a really big point that we all just need to like take a breath on. There are a lot of people in media that are, that are the apex predator, that are, that are kind of feeding on the weak. They're feeding on and I've been the weak and we all have been the weak and we probably will be weak at times in the future. Whenever someone is weak, there's a natural attraction for predation. And so we have to be aware of that. We have to be wise enough to know that we have to protect ourselves at all times. And that's part of life. That's part of the game. And we have to have the wisdom to know is the advice that I'm seeking and the advice that I'm receiving coming from a person who protects themselves and also has had their own healing in the information and, the, and the, the healing advice they're giving to me. But that has to be like the foundation. And then from that place, I think how we heal is we go through the stripping, the peeling, the unwrapping, sometimes the painfulness, the, the taking away of the barbed wire that's mm-hmm. kind of like fused in our skin. Yeah. And th- it's going to be painful to rip this stuff off because we've been holding on to it for protection, for safety for so long that when we peel it off, there's going to be an ego stripping an identity stripping, a change of job, a change of relationship, a change of style, a change of beingness and all of that shit can be so confronting, Nick, like, you know, not everybody is supposed to heal in this lifetime. It's sometimes people get so traumatized and so hurt and nobody wants to talk about this, but I feel like this is true. Sometimes some people can't heal because that's just their dharma. That's just their path. And then in my life, my goal is to heal as much as possible. That's my ultimate goal because the more I can heal, the more I don't project on my son or my children, the more I love my partner, the more I'm here doing what I want in the world from a place of peace rather than just forcefulness. The last thing I'll say is the reason that my own healing has evolved is because in, in February of this year on two twenty two twenty two, 22 I killed the Wellness Force podcast. I let it go because the word force, I don't want force in my life. I don't wanna force things. I don't wanna grip things and have the barbed wire, you know, propagate my white knuckling. I don't, I don't need that. What I did is I replaced the word force with the word wisdom because there's much more of a peacefulness and wisdom than there is in the forcefulness. And I think wellness and wisdom for me is really just like, okay, it took me 42 years to figure out what I really wanna do. And I'll probably change my mind in the future, but it relates to my and our healing because if we have wisdom and if we have wellness, then we're at least moving in the direction of peace and of understanding. But if we have force, that's just a temporary state that's only needed sometimes. Force isn't needed all the time. It's needed sometimes, but it's not needed all the time. But wellness and wisdom is needed all the time. We need that every single day, multiple times a day, even in conversation with you right now, we need it. And when we don't have it, I think that allows the the scaffolding and the barbed wire to keep us stuck. And so if we really wanna heal, man, we have to cultivate wellness. We have to cultivate our own wisdom.
2: So when you think of wisdom, what do you think a definition of wisdom is?
1: I think that nobody's ever asked me that before. That's a good one. I think that I'm going to just go for it. Wisdom is, wisdom is the integration and the embodiment of knowledge and information that we've received. And it's the integration and embodiment of that, that knowledge and information that actually allows us to, to live life well. That's what wisdom is. I've never mm. actually defined wisdom before, but that's what feels true.
2: There it is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think that's it, man. Because we're we're living in an ocean of info, right? I mean, look right. at the phone. It's like every day
0: people scroll. you can just infinite scroll, and, not even just scroll. You could you can be, be on infinite. social
1: media for the rest of your life and not even see everything, and literally just never even unglue, and you would actually be way more dumb. And much less wise than if you were to put down the phone and have vulnerable conversations and, and actually play the game, this is not playing the game. This is masturbation. This is masturbation. it is social media social media is masturbation. It, it, it's meant to give now I, you and I use it in a conscious way where we want to hook people it's like to, a double-edged sword to something right? real. It's totally yeah. a double-edged sword. but but at its core, I think that just like any tool when the when capitalism comes in and I'm a pro capitalist, I'm a conscious capitalist. I don't I don't think capitalism's evil at its core. I think I think at its core capitalism is empowering. I didn't used to think that way, but now that I pay for other people and I support other lives like my my staff, my teammates, like I help them live, I'm like, wow, this is what a gift. What a gift that I am able to have a life where I can for other people and pay them. It, it, people that have never done that—that's why they're angry at capitalism because they've never had to take care of other people. But when you have to actually pay for other people's food and pay for other people's rent because of the service they provide you, that'll really twist your lens on on capitalism. I understand because we're talking about healing. I understand why people are wounded by capitalism because capitalism uh, in our country is is wielded by wounded children in adult bodies and they abuse capitalism to its core. But I think that really what we're talking about here is, gosh, we've all got to have an understanding of what are the things that are going on in this world that are hurting us. And I don't think that it's easy to unpack it in one click. There's just no, I mean, we're having fun on your podcast, but there's the conversation of healing is so deep and there's so much in it. Of course. That, you know, hopefully people are just getting nuggets right now.
0: Of course. I mean, you can't. Something that is that multifaceted.
1: And we were going somewhere yeah. cool and I kind of forgot where it was. <laughs> Shit. Where, where was it? People listening and watching, like, send us send us it right now. Shit. Tell us.
0: Man. I don't know. I think the whole the whole direction we're going in is cool, man. Yeah. What do you think consciousness is then? Do you think consciousness is God?
1: Oh, you asked me what wisdom was. That was and then I and then we okay. came from there. I actually,
0: wait. Can I Yeah, can I? yeah, yeah. Consciousness is like my baseline question. A, if, I, if I forget, I ask people, you know, but that, yeah. we already kind of covered that with God because it's I think well, your definition is almost simu- simultaneous to what a lot of spiritual people will say is consciousness. And there was something I did want to hit on about the Buddha.
1: See, this is what well. I was feeling, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, so with the Buddha, my ultimate point with even bringing him up or the meaning of the Buddha is that the Buddha didn't want to use the word God because he thought there'd be too many misconceptions of what people thought God was already. Mm. So he just didn't even use the word God. What are your thoughts on that? Because I kind of feel that's why I don't use the word God, but I think our definition of the creator is the same. I'll just use different words to describe it because I think that in our culture, do we continue to use the word that a lot of times people are using or do we switch that up and take a different road? Do you know?
1: You do what feels right for you. That's yeah. what you do when, as far as etymology or how you, I was on a phone with a friend, this is like two nights ago. And she goes, whenever you say God, I get a trigger. And I was like, why? And she a said, well- A lot of people are like that, yeah. Yeah, and she said, well, because I was raised really religious and I have, a, and I'm like, that's cool. We can, call it, we can call it God. Like we can call God the creator or we can call God uh, higher intelligence or we can or call whatever. God source or what, yeah. what there's probably an, un, we can call God the great tripod. I don't know. <laughs> you could you could yeah it's whatever feels good for you like i i get it because you know a lot of aspects nick of christianity have wounded an incredible amount of people look at the crusades by the way Mm -hmm. my god look at Kellogg and the way that he made cereal to make men have higher estrogen and to make men actually less enjoyable in bed i mean this If you look at Kellogg, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, look at Kellogg, the guy behind Kellogg's cereal, and really see the life that he what he was into and the life he created for himself. It was all about sexual repression. It was all about taking people out of their joy. And he did it through the medium of food. He also um, did it through a lot of other sinister ways. Look at look at all the ways that,
0: that the archetypical villain.
1: The archetypical villain. Look at all the ways that people have been wounded by people that come with a message of love, but really the message of love isn't their message. Their intention behind their message of love is evil or is repression. And so anyways, back to your question, like, what do I think about that? I think that, I think that the Buddha was incredibly wise. You know, I watched this documentary about the Buddha on Netflix and it just rocked my world. I wish I could tell you the exact one. I'm sure there's many. Yeah. But it was so good. And it honestly, it made me emotional because I thought, wow, like look at the ultimate sacrifice this person made. You know, the Buddha could have just lived in lavishness for his whole life. He could have just been in the kingdom eating grapes, laying on silk, and but he chose to go out and experience what God was. And how does it how how ironic is it that the Buddha left this world because he received a gift of rice that was rotten? And he knew that the rice was rotten, but he wanted to receive the generosity and the love from someone else. And that's how he left the planet. I mean, whoa. <laughs> like the, the, the life of the Buddha is actually the teachings of the Buddha. So even if the Buddha didn't say anything, which obviously the Buddha has said some incredible things, but, but just the life that the Buddha led for us to see is so potent in the ways that we can can live ourselves. So I don't think it's a big deal that the Buddha doesn't say God. And I don't ever judge anyone that, that doesn't use the word God. I like using the word God because it's like a coming home for me. It's a return to, to self. It's a return to my love. And because when I say God, I don't mean a bearded dude in the sky. I don't, I don't mean like this snowman on a hill. I mean God like the omnipresent energy that that loves and nourishes all things, but does not lord it over them or lordeth over them. Yeah. Like that's the God that I'm connected to. And so when I say God, that's what I mean. But I could say source, I could say creator, I could say infinite being. We you know whatever you want to say, man.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. I was curious what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. And then getting back to the wisdom. So you change it wellness force to wellness wisdom.
1: Yes, wellness and wisdom.
0: Wellness and wisdom. Okay. We need them
1: both. They're, they're I like, was
0: going to ask you what your definition of wellness is then. Okay. To just, to
1: just well, really understand
0: I think, that. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning a little bit. Yeah. But actually, I know we don't have that much time here. And so, one thing I wanted to just get into is you talked about the five, what did you call them?
1: The five sides or the five aspects of. The wellness pentagon which is like a house you know
0: yeah if you just want to like go into as well as like your definition of wellness i'd, yeah. love, to, I'd love to hear like the pair like the whole Dude, thing and you asked you know me what,
1: I mean? what consciousness was too yeah, yeah i'll i'll weave that in there it is so i think Great. that okay so we're here we're in a house actually look the roof here has a sense i know there's more sides but it essentially yeah. has a roof that goes like this mm-hmm. so a roof has two tops like down right and left two walls and a floor so if we were looking at our lives as a home where we live it's a beautiful metaphor it's like okay on the floor you and i live in these bodies so the more we care for and love and nourish these bodies and you know my heart goes out to people that have had really serious conditions with their health because man i know what it's like to just like hate my body i really know what that's like and And I'm sure you do too, with like being three hundred plus pounds, like, yep. the physical part of wellness is actually what demonic energy. Now people could call it the devil. People could call it darkness, whatever you want to call it. I'll just say for for the for lack of a better term, demonic energy, right? Demonic energy is evil, but evil is still God. So it's God knowing God's self. The very first thing in our society right now, and actually for quite some time that has been under attack is our physical. It's our physical. How do you take out a tree? You chop it down at the trunk, right? If you, if you break the branches of someone's spirituality or you break the branches of their mental health, eventually the tree will fall. But when you take an ax of evil and you chop the very bottom of a tree at its physical root, it'll die much more quickly. So the way that our physical is under attack right now is all the phytoestrogens in our food, the glyphosate in our food, the, the putrid stuff in our water, the fluoride stuff in our water, you start getting people really sick and eating foods that are filled with uh, mycotoxins in beef. You start getting people to eat things that are, um, you know, like very toxic, like MSG and canola and seed oils and Doritos and chips and corn and cookies and crackers and all this stuff. And you get people very sick. And when they're sick, They're extremely monetizable. And when people are monetizable, they're gonna go to plug into the insurance paradigm where they pay for insurance, which is part of the medical construct, which is connected to the pharmaceutical construct. So, this, and and by the way, I'm saying the word construct a lot. I know that because that's truly what it is. It's just an agreement, it's a construct that we've all agreed to that's a thought form. It's a thought form. Yeah. It's a thought form. So, we agree that when I'm sick, I go to the doctor, so I pay for my insurance so that the doctor can actually be a thing for me. Oh, and then I get healed through these pills. It's com- it's a complete hoax. It's a It's it's a complete f- uh, falsity. Yeah. It actually I love Jordan Peterson a lot and he said something the other day. He goes, "It's not just a truth. It's not just a lie. It's an anti-truth." It's an anti-truth. The the, the pharmaceutical western paradigm pharmaceutical medical and insurance paradigm that triad it's an anti-truth it's an anti-truth that's propagated by the sickness that our society makes us sick by which is the food the chemicals all the things So there's the first piece and then also because of trauma we don't breathe and this is why i i purchased breathwork.io this is why i have a thousand students in the breathe program because and growing more because I want people to know like the healing power of taking belly breaths and learning how to use pranayama to clear your system and just understanding how breath can be such a powerful faculty for letting go of stress and letting go of pain and, and working on that base level. I mean, we could do literally do an entire podcast on the physical but that's kind of that's kind of just a starting place for the conversation yeah. you know there's four more <laughs> there's sure. four more parts of that but i think you know the last thing i'll say about physical is um like i look at the the plug on the wall and how you've plugged in your cameras if there's dirt and water on where you plug it in then the conduit is dirty then then electricity energy can't flow we're the same way consciousness can't get into our physical body if our body is so dirty that the energy can't connect in so i think our brain if we have um like a lot of atrophy in our brain because of the foods that we're eating or if we're chronically dehydrated or consuming yeah exactly like
0: social media you know
1: or social media I think
0: that's 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 what i'm getting at
1: so so the dirtiness the yeah. the more stuckness where i um darren olean told me something on a podcast once he goes we're either, uh, we're either a, a flowing river or we're a stagnant stream. And I was like, yeah, that's basically it. We're either like, you know, in a stream when everything collects and it gets all cruddy, yeah. or it's like a river that's flowing. Well, we're the same way. So we have to clean out the physical so that energy, you know, mental, physical, emotional, financial can come in. None of that stuff can come in if our physical is that dirty.
2: We got to clean it up.
1: We're here, man. <laughs> We're, yeah. And, and honestly, clean detoxing up. is real. Like we, we all genuinely deserve and need detoxing. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm doing here pretty soon and I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not. Because every time I detox, I get headaches. I get nausea. Um, but it's, it's important because I have to continually keep cleaning myself out.
3: It's like that's almost the design of the game. It's designed
2: yeah. to like
0: get us to reach our potential and to not only with physical mental health spiritual all these other areas of life
3: if you just take the perspective that
0: you know there's people that'll be like do i deserve it did i deserve this to happen to me you know they feel like a victim and i always say to people to me it's like you don't have to just empower yourself Mm. Nobody's ever going to force you. Nobody can force you. It's probably why you took force out of your thing because you realize that- it's, I like, was done pushing, with
1: force, yeah. Right? I was done.
0: And so, but it's up to you, right? It's up to the person, really.
1: Yeah. Like, And temporarily, force is needed, right? Like if somebody was attacking your woman, you'd be like, hey, there's some. you're going to bring out the force.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about, for, right at this moment, mental change. But Or either for one. Sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For me, it's like for, for mental- I'm forcing sometimes. Yes, Like boundaries, certain boundaries yes. with the mind and with patterns. It's like physical, absolutely. Sometimes if you see, I say this all the time, you see someone being hurt, protect them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you have to use force sometimes.
1: Hopefully you won't have to. Hopefully yeah. you won't have to. You know, you can, yeah. you can do something else. But and I think there's a lot of sensationalism. But occasionally, that. yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't, People love watching like UFC and all this shit. I think it's toxic. I really do. I'm not a fan of it. It's just my take.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's not a judgment on people that watch fighting, you know, hundreds of millions of people watch it. Yeah, But I actually think that it gets programmed into our subconscious that like it normalizes things over time. And honestly, that goes for anything, man. Anything that we consume on a regular basis gets normalized over time. Video games, porn, food, fighting, violence narcissism, darkness. You know, how do you boil a frog? One little degree at a time. And then before you know it, the frog is dead. The frog didn't even know he was being boiled. Well, we're the same way. But we have to be aware of evil. I'm not saying we need to focus on evil. I'm not saying we need there. there's, there's beauty in knowing what evil is actually, which I never fucking said that, holy shit. There really is. There's beauty in knowing what evil is. Because when you know what evil is, You know what love is, you know what giving is. How would you ever know what being alive really is unless you had felt the evil in yourself? My mentor Paul wrote on a piece of paper in this series we did, it was a four hour series called All Is God. And he wrote on a piece of paper, he wrote the word alive and he handed me the paper and he's like, turn that around and read it backwards. And I was like, oh, there's evil in there. Actually, it wasn't alive, it was live. Sorry, it was he wrote the word live, not alive. He wrote the word live on a piece of paper. And when you flip it around, live is evil. You cannot live unless you know evil. So all this love and light, brother, and you know, good vibes only, it's a falsity. It is demonic energy masquerading as light, the good vibes only conversation. That's
0: that thought right there is It keeps people stuck. It does because it's, how do you come to terms with like,
3: you see, mm, okay,
0: let's take it interesting from the perspective that, you see people online saying this and a lot of times you can tell
1: they're full of shit. Yeah, But then. I see it on sweatshirts. Good (laughs) vibes only. I'm like, what the fuck? And your shirt's full of shit too. Come on, come on.
0: But (laughs) you also, but if you go over and you really explore other cultures, they do tell us that there is perfection in it all, that there is, yeah. There is at, at its core, there is love within everything, there is love. And so I think what happens is, is that people will start to twist that without having taken the journey. And they'll just say that it's that without knowing that it is that through experience.
1: See, that's wisdom right there. That's wisdom. Because people like to shortcut the journey. A quick analogy I've made before is if you really want to look at an arc of living well or an arc of wellness, we gather, we apply, we embody. But everybody wants to just gather and embody. They want to skip the most important part of the hero's journey, and that is the initiation, the the application. So, you know, if somebody could listen to your podcast right now and be like, wow, this is amazing. But if they never do anything different, if they don't journal, if they don't sit and meditate, if they don't take what we're saying, if they, if none of this actually starts to get integrated through the, through their application, then it'll never be embodied. And when it's not embodied, it's not real. It's just, it's just a thought form that like a leaf floating by it just floats by and, you know, mm-hmm. but we never actually absorb it and swallow it and integrate Doesn't become us. So yeah, and the reason why people don't apply is because it's fucking hard. Yeah, it's, it's fucking hard to mm-hmm. like take care of your financial responsibilities, take care of your mental health, take care of yourself, take care of your career. It's challenging. It's super challenging. But what's the alternative, man? It's, it's super challenging on the other side too. If we don't take care of the five sides of our Pentagon, well then evil and life will take care of us and it'll do whatever it wants with us. So we're either living our Pentagon or society or evil or dark energy thought forms will live us. There's pain on either side. So I may as well do the one that is painful, but also yields love and yields some kind of faculty of destiny for myself and my dreams.
2: And then in that pain, if you take that journey, you realize the value of it.
0: Because I think that's the one thing not one thing one of the things that people and i have seen in my own journey you don't value what it is in the pain that is there and that if you just avoid you keep avoiding it then what happens then you then you're in that distraction then you're doing these things you never quite feel that fulfillment you 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 might know that somewhere within you there's that potential yeah we all have that feeling that it's it's in there i'm trying to point to my brain like it's in there but i don't even know if it's in, it's somewhere but if we actually tried and then in trying, we see that there really is no trying,
3: right? There's just doing and not doing from Star Wars,
0: right? I think Star Wars is, Star Wars is a whole topic. I got talk about Star Yoda's Wars for has hours. got wisdom.
1: Yeah. Dude, I wanted to share, you know, inside of the word um, potential, there's the letters that spell pain. I think, cause I love etymology. It's like, it's such a cool, it's the history of words, right? It's the science of words. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we think are our words aren't ours. They're just borrowed. They're borrowed from like Mesopotamia and the Fertile Crescent and even the primordial sounds we just borrow it all, whether it's Latin or Hebrew or English or Italian, like we just borrow all this stuff and we, and we think it's ours. So it just I wanted to put that out inside of potential or, or maybe a better way to say it would be potential comes from pain, potential comes from pain because Like you had mentioned, there's a gift in that pain. It, it teaches us something like when the pain teacher comes, it's because we're out of alignment. It's because we're, we're exhibiting a behavior or a thought or, or we're paying attention or we're doing something that is bringing pain. So when pain arrives, it sucks. And it's also a beautiful time to learn something because, you know, the ultimate teacher is pain. Pain is the ultimate teacher. And when the pain teacher comes, it's very important to listen. What happens to a lot of people is they don't listen. They, they actually fight the pain teacher. And I've done this. We fight the pain teacher and we go, I know you're here to give me pain, but fuck you, I can handle it. And we identify as like the lone wolf. We identify as somebody that can take the pain. Look at, look at even David Goggins. I'm not here to demonize David Goggins, but David Goggins is not integrated. He is he is still wounded by the severity of the abuse he experienced as a child. And, and he might be a good thing for some people, maybe specifically men at some times. Um, anger is more powerful than despair. If you look at Dr. Hawkins' work in the frequency scale.
0: Oh shit, I was gonna talk about that Let's earlier. talk about it, yeah. yeah.
1: So dude, let's totally talk about it because yeah. below, the lowest human emotion is shame, then apathy. And then if you keep going up the scale, eventually it like, a frequency of 200 or 250, there's courage. I think it's 250, something like that. 200.
0: 200. You nailed it the first right. time. You, you second-guessed yourself, but it's cur- yeah, 200. courage. 200, but yeah.
1: below, below that is despair. And force. So, yes, it's all and force. force. So anger, yeah. but if you look at the ladder on Hawkins' ladder, anger is so much more empowering than despair. And even freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think said it in like Terminator 2, he's like, anger is more powerful than despair. Like as a, it's true. He dropped some wisdom in that, in that film uh, because when we're angry, at least it gets us out of despair. So Goggins and the unintegration that Goggins is giving us in media is very potent for some people, some of the time, but not for all of us all the time. No way. If we're, if we're like, stay hard, bitch, get your shit. It's like, that's not a way to live. That that's not living well. I think he's had a lot of health issues, like multiple heart surgeries and all this stuff. Like he's crushing. I, I want to live. Heart surgeries.
0: Isn't that uh, ironic? Right.
1: So, so, yeah, the frequency scale is interesting because um, I think it plugs into a lot of what we're exploring. And it definitely plugs into all of the aspects of that Pentagon as well. Um, so the frequency scale is an interesting convo. I love Hawkins' work, man. The, the best. I didn't even know
0: you knew about Dr. Hawkins, dude. I haven't well, you met gotta someone, listen to listen the podcast. I haven't met someone
1: that knew about it. Really? I've, I've
0: been talking for episodes and episodes about the levels of consciousness.
1: The guy consciousness. was... A, 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 my dream podcast would be to have Alan Watts and Dr. Hawkins at the
0: table. Oh, man. Can you imagine?
1: Can you imagine sitting with Alan Watts and Hawkins? I got chills, dude. That would just be like, <laughs> you know how everybody's got their like dream? That mm-hmm. would be like the ultimate dream to have a conversation with those two men at the same time. I, w- I could only imagine what I would learn. Like it's, I'm, I don't know. I just got like a watery eye just thinking about it. Um, yeah, so that frequency scale, it, it's a way that I can make sense of my, my, honestly, my feelings. And I'll say that because um. Like it just did right now.
3: You know, I felt like, I got to say,
0: I felt like at the start of this conversation, I just, sometimes I'm sure you know, probably more than most people, when you've got a shit ton of stuff going on, actually, I'd love to hear some tips real quick. Like if you have a couple tips, specifically for this area. Are we still going to talk about the frequency? Absolutely. Okay, This is literally for like a minute. I just want to know. Yeah, What's What's your wisdom on switching, because I've done 50 pocket, 50, 55, that's, that's nothing compared to 600, right? Yeah. So how do you learn to switch on? Cause I'm right now in the launch of my seven day challenge and this will this'll come out way after that. So um, how do you switch on? Cause I feel like I'm in multiple worlds and I felt like I dialed it in here, like in the last half an hour, I felt like I was really present. Yeah. But for like that first 15, 20 minutes, it's like my, I'm like, tearing up because I feel like I could have done a better job. And so how do you manage like shutting that out and really dialing it in with someone?
1: When you say shutting that out, what do you mean by that? Shutting that out, really
0: focusing on the person and what's happening at hand and getting into that mindset of I'm in this conversation versus yeah. like, cause I was thinking about all this other stuff I got to do. And sure. it, just, it just happens. Do you have anything?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's really, are, are we, is this on the pod? Yeah. Okay, great. I think it's really beautiful that you, you even have that intention. So that, that in itself is the solution that you even are asking. That's, that's it, that's the thing. So just ask it. And then when you receive really what it is, it's some type of program that's running that wants to make sure that you're safe. That's really what that is. And I experience it too. And the program of safety is running that says, Before I get really present with Josh and let go and just tune in to whatever wants to be said right now, I need to make sure that my website, my launch, all my stuff is good so that I can. That's literally Ah. what
2: happened.
3: That's literally this morning.
1: Here's how we do it. Are you down to do like a 30 second exercise? All right. Mm -hmm. So just tap your stomach for 10 seconds, right here below your xiphoid on your solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And just breathe normal.
2: Okay. Now hold it.
1: Put one hand on your heart and breathe in through your nose, belly rises. Exhale. (sighs) Breathe in through your nose, belly rises. And just feel this in yourselves. I'm safe. No matter what happens outside of a current moment, I cannot escape the current moment because the moment is here. I'm safe no matter what happens outside of this current moment. I cannot ever escape this current moment because this current moment is what is. This current moment is what is. And just do that exercise before you pod or before you, or if you even if you notice yourself wanting to satisfy the safety, because I get it. I have been that way too. It happened for me when I interviewed Dave Asprey. I was thinking about I was only on four hours sleep. I, the studio lighting wasn't perfect. Like we all do this. When you care about what you do, you want to do it in excellence.
0: Oh my God. And when you want to do it
1: in excellence, there's a certain learning curve that's involved with that. And part of that learning curve is being nice and being kind and compassionate to yourself when you experience perfection come in the room.
0: Yeah. Like that happened to me literally today, dude. I realized about 10 minutes into the podcast that I didn't set the camera to 4K and I set it to HD on this camera. Oh, yeah. And then I'm thinking about that. And then I'm like, ah, shit. And you asked me a question. I'm talking about the the thing on this. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like- Dude,
1: when I was at episode 50 compared to 500, I mean, you you come to my studio sometime. It is fucking incredible. I'm so grateful. I mean, it's $20,000 to create my podcast studio. It's a lot of money, dude. And it's 2,600, it's 2,500 bucks a month. Rent as well. Oh, wow. But in order for me to do, I'm not saying that because I'm like, look how cool I am. I'm saying that because that's just what it takes. Actually, if you, if you want excellence, you have to pay for excellence. And when you pay for excellence, you have to be excellent to earn the pay. So there's like a continuity there, you know? And so you're at this stage in the journey where I'll just reflect to you straight up. I think you have a really curious mind, a really curious heart, super intentional, um, that's why people are here with us, right? That's why, that's why your IG is blowing up. That's why it's fun to talk about the game because you're like authentic. You say, well, how do we just like enjoy this game? How do we play this universe game? Um, and all yeah. this stuff will come. That's, that's the wisdom I would share is all this stuff's going to come. You're, you know, once you're done traveling, once you're in a space where you want a dedicated setup, and once you want to take the show to, to a production value of excellence. And it's it's probably great now. People are probably like, dude, it's great, you know? But but <laughs> I try but I know yeah, you I and I, we yeah. probably have a mindset that's like we know what's possible. And dude, yeah, once I know what's possible, I go and get that because it's possible. Because why not? Like, who are all these other people that are no more better or special than me? Why do they get to enjoy the excellence? And yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. And but instead of me being angry at it, there was there was a, a long time where in the podcast, in the wellness force, I was angry and I was like, I want more downloads. I want more of this, I want more of that. And that's just the wrong energy. You're not gonna grow with that energy. You know, we, start, we really started to grow exponentially this year. And I, have, I got afforded opportunities this year that I've always dreamed of because I stopped, I stopped white knuckling it so much. I stopped saying it has to be the certain way. I have to have excellence, great David Goggins. They hard bitch like I, <laughs> once I stopped doing yeah. that, things started to to unroll and unfold in an easier way. Now, it's not always easy, man, but but that's the wisdom I can share is like you know it's it's going to come in time and and just your genuine intention about what you desire is is the guiding light.
0: yeah just want to just want to be good at it, you know, I don't want to do things and suck, yeah,. You
1: know?
0: How can I optimize
1: that? Let's turn off the dryer in the background, <laughs> you know, <DC>. or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: I actually thought about that, okay, and I, and I actually researched that. Yeah. I did another episode this same area, and you can't hear it. Cool. So we're good.
1: Nice. <laughs> I can cut it Thanks, out. Sure. Microphones. Thank you
0: for yeah. yeah sure. In yeah. Adobe, I use the
1: surest too now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: These are good because they're USB.
1: Yeah. Oh, those uh, are those are good too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like the USB because I can just plug them right in the laptop. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm always traveling. Yeah. And so. Last thing I want to say about that, and then I want to talk about the uh, Dr. Hawkins. Yeah. I don't even know if I'll ever have a setup for this podcast because I actually really enjoy going different places. Like I'm about to do seven podcasts in a row in California later this month with some incredible guests. And I don't know if I'll ever have that stability. Maybe I will at some point have a studio as well, but I also want to go across the world mm. and do these in different countries and do these other things. So it's like developing that calm in the storm. And it, yeah. maybe it starts with that breath yeah maybe it starts with tapping in and
1: being intentional there's something about that for me at least and from even the people that i've worked with I've, I've done a lot of of zoom breath work coaching and of zoom guidance for people to go deeper into like catharsis breathwork, and i always start out with them having some kind of a touch like a somatic experience because remember i said the brain gives and receives information so we have these afferent and efferent nerve endings and so when i go like this it starts to release tension in my front panel and a lot of us we we hold our bellies in all day long, either because we used to be overweight or we um it's a way for us to be in control and to to be vigilant. You don't have to be overweight to be vigilant, right? You can be vigilant if you're super healthy looking. So I I have people tap, and you can do the the EFT tapping if you want. That's a strategy too. But I actually go right to the solar plexus because the solar plexus, if you look at like the the Vedic teachings and, and really the, the chakras. The solar plexus is where we experience a lot of emotions. Well, we experience a lot of emotions in all of them, right? But the solar plexus, for me only, for me, is like the most important one. It's where I feel the most tension. It's where I personally experience a lot of like vigilance myself. And I find that it's the case for a lot of people too. But you can just start tapping on your body and you'll know exactly, like for some people, it might be here, or maybe it's the thymus. Maybe it's tapping on your heart space. You know, just tap, 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 and like wake it up for a moment. And then, and I noticed too, that when you were breathing, you were breathing through your chest. So what I would do if you were my student, I would lay you on the floor, I would put a five pound sandbag on your belly button, and I would have you inhale, belly rise, inhale through the nose, belly rises. I would have you push the sandbag to the ceiling. And then you would start cueing your nervous system to give you more what's like, called- turn on. It's called vagal tone. Yeah. And the vagus nerve is connected to our amygdala and the vagus nerve's primary job is to either push us over into parasympathetic, which is like relaxation, or, or click us over into sympathetic, which is fight and flight and flee or fawn. So, so that's what I would do for, for you or for any of us that, that are having like some pretty serious energy inside of us that wants to be moved. Breath is, is the most powerful lever to move energy that I've ever seen or experienced in my lifetime, period, end of story. Better than psychedelics, better than cold therapy, better than meditation, breath is everything. It is, it is everything. We breathe ourselves, but also God breathes us. It's the only voluntary and involuntary lever that we have in our autonomic nervous system. So that's like a really big thing to pay attention to for all of us in all of our pursuits, like make sure you're breathing. Because when you're breathing properly, Everything tends to be the river instead of the stagnant stream when you're breathing properly. So, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very good. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of wisdom in the breath, dude. I mean, yeah. I, I hear the message. I, I hear it because I have many of the people telling me the same thing. I just did a two-hour podcast. I do about when you're port.
1: talking to me. When you're talking to me, I'm lightly, my lips are just lightly touching, and I'll just go. Belly out, belly in, belly out. We need to breathe like a bellow. Like if you watch animals breathe in nature, like a zebra, it'll breathe like this sideways. Zebras don't breathe front to back. Zebras and animals breathe out and in. We're anim- you and I are an animal. So we have to breathe out and in. But most of us are trained because we course it up and we we breathe up and down. And I see this a lot in people doing uh, Wim Hof breathing. and like, slow down. That's not actually what you need. I know that Wim Hof and all this, even, even in Soma Breath, and I love Niraj. I learned from Niraj for, for a whole month. He's, he's an awesome guy. Nothing but good things to say. But people that are, it's like, first of all, you don't need more of that. You're already pretty tonic. You're already pretty vigilant. What you need is two inhale, four exhale. Two inhale, four exhale. We have a ton of exercises in the Breathe program for people. A lot of binaural meditations, a lot of things that can get people like back in their bodies. Yeah, man, I know we took a little detour there, but that was important to talk about.
0: It is. Yeah, as you said. Well, actually, as I've heard and as I know, it's the first thing you come in. First thing you do. First thing you have. I'm doing it
1: with you right now. When you were talking, I was like, I was doing it. I was breathing in and out through my belly. It becomes a
0: practice at first, and then it becomes the way you live. All the time. Then it becomes the way you live, right?
1: I don't know the percentage, but the majority of people that deal with stress or stress issues are reverse breathing pattern people. And you can just do a quick test at home, like take a deep breath in through your nose right now. Let it go. <sighs> did you notice that your belly went in and out? So when you inhaled, did your belly go out? Mm-hmm. If you inhaled and your belly went in, you're a reverse breathing pattern person. And all that means is you need to rewire your nervous system to breathe properly.
0: And I bet that lies a, at the root of why some people can't control the nervous system in the sense of when it turns on the fight or flight, no it turns doubt. off. And then that comes into the mental sphere, right? And yes. then you can't really focus. And you're wondering, why can't I focus on anything? Goes back to what you said. I wasn't, maybe I wasn't feeling safe in my body. You took those breaths. Feeling good, and maybe I was sitting with you long enough to where it eventually just calmed down without the breath. But if we can just hack into that for what thirty seconds, we did that, yeah, and we're we're there, we're rocking.
1: Here's like here's something super practical for people that are in uh, you know uh, regular jobs where you might be in a cubicle or at a meeting when you're feeling pressure, when you're feeling tension. Breathe in as deep as you can. So it would be like and let your belly stick out as far as it goes and just hold it and hold it and hold it until you get the sensation to exhale. And when you exhale, do the longest exhale you possibly can. So those three things, inhale as deep as you can, hold it as long as you can and exhale as long as you can. Just that alone, that one thing, nobody in the room is knowing that you're doing it. It's just a, it's just a tool for, it's just a really practical tool. It's a tool for you to, to de-stress and to center yourself and to calm down what's called the default mode network. The default mode network is the prefrontal cortex, the posterior cingulate and the amygdala. There's other structures, but like those are the big three and the default mode network when, when you and I are here, it's meant to be at rest, right? It's meant to be at rest, but it's not because we're not breathing. And the best way to turn down the volume of the default mode network, really its job is is either rumination of the past or fear of the future. It's where anxiety and depression come from is from the default mode network. And so and then there's a deeper conversation with what trauma we've experienced and whatnot too that that's in there as well. But the best way to like turn down the volume of the default mode network is to. Maybe hold it for like 10, 15 seconds and then see how you get that yawn experience yeah mm-hmm. maybe a yawn and then and then at the bottom of that there's so much more presence there's so much more peace shoulders everything everything it like melts right so yeah so yeah just i hope, I hope y'all need to practice that
0: and then once you do, you'll probably feel better. Yeah. Feel, you'll feel more relaxed. That's And I
1: get to take my own medicine on that too. And you don't have to pay for it. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's free meds. That's nice. Yes.
0: So we can exit
3: and
1: some of those paradigms that aren't serving us. Yes. How much time you got? I just want to respect your time. We got like another 10. Okay. Maybe another seven. Okay. Yes.
0: So I'll ask you two, two more questions. Okay. We still got
1: to talk about the frequency. That's what I'm going to ask. Okay, right on.
0: <laughs> For Dr. Hawkins' scale, you've studied it, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most powerful realizations you've had from it? Just the scale in general, studying it. Um, maybe it's the force part, maybe it's the power part, uh, maybe it's a certain part of the emotional stairway, or what do you feel like is beneficial to
1: you? The, well, it's interesting because the concept of his book, Power Versus Force, that was huge... So I'll, I'll, I'll answer it in two parts. The first part is there's a frequency to everything and it's Hertz and the frequency is Hertz. It's how much something moves. So if something vibrates or moves, like, so if I do this, it's, it's how many times per second something vibrates. That's, that's the science. So if I do this in one second, that's one Hertz. But if I do this in one second, that's five Hertz. So if something's vibrating higher than just like anything, like, high, low pressure, like the, the Dow, even the Dow always seeks the low. So if something's vibing high, we're attracted to it. But also in, in a true paradox, we can't always vibe high and we can't always be perfect because that wouldn't be, we would exhaust ourselves. So as a baseline, it's good to have, I think, a loving frequency, which I believe is five, somewhere between 500 and 650. I don't have the chart in front of me right now, but it's, it's up there. What is it? 500 and 650, the, the frequency of love.
0: Love is 500 and then 500. joy or unconditional love is 540.
1: Great. Yeah. So that's a great vibe. But if we were vibrating at the level of uh, selfless, compassionate nirvana service, that's way up there. I mean, that's like eight, nine hundred. You right. can't sustain that forever. So that was a really big thing for me. And that's that was a huge awareness. And, and what happened with the pre-frame before that awareness was, okay, well, if I can't always vibe high, but my goal is to vibrate in love then what are the things in my life that are blocking me from vibrating at that level? In other words, if that's the goal, it's to vibrate in love as much as possible, then what are all the beliefs and the strategies and the coping mechanisms and all the bullshit that I've put on in a backpack that make me so tired and exhaust me that I can't vibrate at that level? And I think a really big understanding was like, okay, well, what are the ways Inventory, what are the ways that I'm apathetic? Apathy is like very low. I think apathy is like 100 or less. Apathy is really toxic because with apathy, there's no curiosity, there's no encouragement, there's, there's no meaning to anything. It's, it's nihilism. Nihilism is like, ah, fuck it. And then also, like what are the ways in me that I'm still holding resentment towards others? Resentment is like holding on to a hot coal. And wondering why I'm burning alive. You know, I'm holding onto a hot coal of resentment. So what are the ways that I can clear out all of that? And even what are the ways that I can clear out my own despair? And what are the ways that I can in a healthy way clear out my own anger? Because anger is more powerful than despair. And then how can I get to a place of courage? I think that's really the most fascinating part of, of Hawkins' work. It's not about being in Nirvana and like sitting in Lotus and just being like perfect. That's, that's actually bullshit mm-hmm. because to, to vibrate at that frequency, like we're saying is, is very, it's very high. It's very demanding so only a
0: handful of people, only a hand,
1: dying. like, I think it's like 0.0001% of people right. on earth can vibrate at that level and not be exhausted for the majority of us, the humans on earth. We, our goal is to vibrate at love, right? And so, it's just this constant wiping and cleaning process to, to clear out all the things that that block us from vibrating at that level. And so that's that's kind of the biggest, not kind of, it is, that is the biggest awareness that I've had around Hawkins' work is, okay, well, how can I, like he talks about this in letting go, how can I spend as much time as needed to let go of an emotion? And an emotion is literally just energy in motion, right? So. If you look at the work of science, I think it was Einstein, energy can't be created or destroyed, only transmuted. So if I can't create any energy, but I can generate it from somewhere, and if I can't get rid of any energy, but I can let it go, then how do I do that in a way where it's serving myself? If I need a weekend at an Airbnb to lay on a mattress and breathe and cry, well then so fucking be it. You know, that's just what I need or if I need to go outside and scream and yell and punch pillows, well then so be it. Or if I need to share with my partner that I'm hurting and ask their permission like, hey, can I share something I'm hurting about? Well then so be it. All this, all energy is, is it's a potential for movement, right? If you look at fuel, fuel does nothing in a a gas tank. Fuel only makes the car move when it's put into the engine. So you and I are engines in a way, and I think that emotion is just energy. So that's what's in our gas tank. Now we only can move if we access the energy in a, in a good way, and we're gonna get really low gas mileage if we're mashing down the gas pedal and braking, mashing down the gas pedal and braking, or we're holding the gas. This is the big one. We hold the gas and the brake at the same time, and then we're just like, mmm, and we wonder why we're tired. So if we want to let off the gas pedal and push on the brake, and just lay at an Airbnb for a weekend or just like nourish ourselves, there, there really has to be a reckoning of why we're pushing the gas pedal down in the first place. And that's the reckoning that we all need. And that's really what Hawkins is giving us. in in the book, Letting Go and Empower Versus Force, he's showing us that if we can just honor these emotions and not judge them and not be like, why am I so angry? So not only are you angry, but you're now, judging the fact that you're angry or why am I so sad? I've, I've been there. I've actually, I've had narratives at time in my life in my 20s where I'd be like, suck it up, you fucking pussy. I would tell myself stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, so, like, it's such a, it's such a bully. We bully ourselves so much. Like, let off the gas pedal for a moment and just tell the bully, like, okay, thank you for your service. You can go sit down there's something much more peaceful about power than force force. Anybody can abuse anyone through force, but to truly have power, it has to come from a space of peace. And that's what we want. Anyways, all these people that abuse force, they really just want power, but they don't have peace within themselves. Look at every dictator, every murderer, look at Hitler and Stalin, and all these people, they didn't have peace in themselves. So that's the mission that they had in the world was to demonstrate to us what it looks like when you have so much energy and so much potential, but you channel that potential and energy by pushing the gas and the brake at the same time. And that's what we can learn from if we're wise enough. We can look at that and, and not necessarily like Judge Hitler, Judge Stalin, because they, they thought what they were doing was good in some way, right? Even though it was evil manifested in human form the best thing we can do is look at that and go, wow, what are the ways that I'm doing that in my life? How am I being Stalin? How am I being Hitler? How am I being a tyrant to myself? That's in, baked into the teachings of Hawkins' work. That's really what this is all about.
0: Man, if I would have known that you knew about to talk to <laughs> Hawkins, we would have done the whole damn podcast. Yes. Just about that.
1: Man. But everybody, honestly, start with letting go. I know power versus force is, is like, his hook but start with letting go and then read power versus force i found i don't know how you feel i felt like power versus force was a little harder for me to digest than if i would have started with letting go letting
0: go is meant for someone who just wants to let go i mean and, and that has no background or knowledge about really any scientific
1: concepts or doesn't really care about it which is i think what most people need yes yeah the, in the beginning for, it's
0: a core right it's that's the wellness at the core right yeah, you yeah. start to get it past the physical and you know, he talks about in letting go even physical stuff that happens when you let go so that's part of it too yeah and i think we hit on that during this podcast too but power vs. force is just denser it, yeah. it's more scientific it was just one of his first book i think he might have had a one that i, I think don't know there if was, it was one the, or the not. eye of the
1: eye which i haven't read yet the eye of the eye mm-hmm. luke was telling me about this like yeah but I, I really think letting go is his masterpiece. So Check it out, folks. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, one more question for you then. Yeah. This is a question I just like to ask because you never know what's going to happen to anyone you talk to. And I actually have never told the reasoning why I asked this. I just kind of feel called to share it real quick. Because you just never know. And every time at the end of the podcast, I frame it differently. And, you know, I've had A lot of friends on, I've had channelers, I've had um, scientists, you know, we've had spiritual leaders, whatever the hell you want to call them. We've had a a very, a bunch of different groups of people on. And usually I'll word it in a
3: way that it kind of fits their niche. So, just to have it documented. Because it might happen, you never know.
0: Let's say that you have achieved what you felt like, and you know, Doctor Hawkins. Let's relate it in this way. Let's say that you achieved Doctor Hawkins' level. Just happened, you know. That's what he kind of talks about. Sometimes you don't know when these states are going to happen. Just happens to you. And let's say that for some reason you're ready to take you and your family and just uh, you know live a solitary lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle that you feel like it just it's that time you can feel it within you yeah. that, that experience. Yeah. And if that were to happen you realized, hmm, this might be the last time i ever talked to anyone, any people ever. Let's say hypothetically, okay? So you knew this was the last time you'd talk to humanity and there was something from your being that you wanted to share about, could be about the game, could be about your life, could be a message, could be a quote, could be a paragraph, could be anything that you want to share. If there's one last thing that you could tell people about, what you feel like is within you right now, what would that be?
1: Well, since it's a game that, it, that you're proposing, I actually wouldn't, I personally wouldn't choose to play that game where I exit and never connect with society anymore. But just as a fun game, I'll go through the exercise. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've never thought about this. So I'm, I'm going to take a breath.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, take your time. No rush. It's an interesting question. I think so,
1: at least. I'm speaking with you from a lens that we all can feel, but I know it's really hard to see. And what's on both sides of this lens is love. You all know that you've had beautiful moments in your life where you've held a child, you've seen a waterfall, you've glimpse to sunrise over a mountain. You've felt this at times. So as I say goodbye, I want to let you know that no matter what lens you're looking through, when you open your eyes, or even if you're blind, whatever you see, whatever you know to be true, that there's love there. There's love there. There's always been love there. And be mindful to sweep away all of the dirt and the soot that gets in the way of that lens at times because we're all going to the same place where we came from and that place is love. So choose to be there right now anyways and allow yourself to fumble and be imperfect along the way as you clean the lens and just make sure that you breathe
2: as you do it you are loved you are supported and you are on the right path and so it is man thanks for coming on today universe of game it's powerful
0: i'm gonna have to sit with that one where can people find you what do you got going on
1: I really like that question now now that I was feeling into it. Made me feel, it made me feel the sadness of exiting society. And then that's where I was like, well, if I'm sad and I'm gonna speak one last time, that's, that's what's up. That's what I really feel. Yeah, um, I like to just yes. add that in there. Cause you never know. You never know. Um, mm-hmm. Come to my podcast and, and have conversations with me, with us. That's the best place. So joshtrent.com forward slash podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can just subscribe right there. And um, if you want to learn about Breathwork and what it can do for you, just go to breathwork.io. So those two places are the best place to find me here on a rock in the middle of outer space.
3: there it is, folks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, dude. Thanks for being with us here on Universe the Game. And if you enjoyed this episode, I highly recommend that you check out some of the other episodes we have here because there's a lot of profound guests we've had so far. And other than that, if you're on YouTube, consider subscribing so you get more episodes of Universe the Game when they come out. And if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, consider leaving a five star review for your boy here because it really helps to support the podcast. And the last thing I'm going to say is if you're interested in books, you like reading books check out my book, 10 Secrets of Awakening. And the topics that are in this book, just on a very baseline level, are the secrets to understanding consciousness, life transformation, and self-realization. There's plenty more in there, quantum mechanics, subconscious mind. We talked about that a little bit today. Yeah, so if you're interested in those, check out the book. Otherwise, I will see you in the next podcast. And until then, peace.